What's going on, guys? And welcome to Convos with God, where I talk with spiritual leaders about how to connect with God on the most intimate level to break strongholds over your life and live out your best life. Faith is something we can't see, we can't hear, and we can't feel. But without it, it seems as if though we have nothing. I'm on a journey to have conversations with the most spiritually sound people in the world to understand how to become your highest self. On this episode, I talk with Ali Landes. Ali is an amazing young lady that is going back to school to become a pastoral counselor. But it wasn't always so peachy for her. Ali has battled an eating disorder along with other self-harming tendencies for most of her teenage years. Her path so far can be described as one from self-destruction to self-love to a selfless life. Ali has found freedom with all of her self-harming habits and now plans to shepherd others to do the same. Ali's raw authenticity is contagious and her story is one of hope, healing, and courage. So without further ado, Ali Landes. I am thankful for my eating disorder. So I'm Allie. I'm 24. Fellow Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm recovered from an eating disorder, alcohol, porn, all those type of things, um, self-harm. I'm recovered from all that. I'm grateful to be going to school next month for pastoral care and counseling. And I'm heavily involved with Young Adults of Christ Fellowship. And... Yeah, I mean, I have a brother who just had a baby, so that's a milestone for me. And I'm moving on my halfway. I'm a peer leader there, so I'm a sponsor. So So you moved from, where were you, where were you originally from? I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, I was there for my whole life. Uh, we moved, you know, I lived in like a little country town of Pennsylvania. Not a good recovery community. And then I went to Arizona for three months because I had to gain weight and I was there. And then they're like, okay, you're going to Utah or Florida. And I was like, okay. So like, I literally like, li- we lived with all my stuff in the car and we lived in a hotel for the first week I moved down here. Then we lived in an apartment. Then I lived in my own place and I horribly relapsed. Then I went to treatment and now I'm at the halfway. So like, I've been here a year and a half. So yeah, I'm a Pennsylvania girl for sure. But like, it's not the place for me. God wants me here right now for sure. Like yeah. I, yeah. Have you always been spiritual or did, was that something that developed through your journey? Um, definitely um, for me, my relationship with God is just being moving to Florida is when like I can't even explain how like it wasn't even a question. Like I literally was in residential three weeks this past time, PHP two weeks, IOP two months, outpatient and like out of my halfway in like seven months it's gonna be so like god has like really like ripped into me like he's like ran with me to this point because like as soon as i was surrendered it's like everything that i've learned was catching up to me and god was like Mm -hmm. it's your time we're running now and i'm like oh my gosh i don't know you know but um yeah i mean i was raised in a spiritual home my parents let me decide but definitely i didn't have a you know i got saved when i was young in like second grade and got baptized um i got rebaptized in january of this past year and um and i wasn't recovered yet but that meant a lot to me because i met the the young adult family at church here at christ fellowship i that's when i knew people cared about me and loved me and to be baptized in front of them like my fam my parents didn't even know i got baptized and like they saw the video and they're like what and like i felt so supported and for me like so my spirit like my spirituality with god like has really grown since i've been recovered because for years on and off i wouldn't talk to god but he always would talk to me like i'd hear his voice because i was really underweight a lot i wasn't able to like comprehend a lot because my brain wasn't working so like but he always like 
I always felt that spiritual pull all along, you know, but this past year, like, it's been like, I've had like the desire to really read the Bible for hours every day. Like, and it's not my desire, it's him. Like, you know, it's just, of course it's my desire, but like, it's the Holy Spirit, like wanting more and more of me, you know, cause it says you have to be less and less of him more and more. Mm. You know? So yeah, so definitely the past year and a half is all like, it just it exploded. It's incredible, I can't even explain it. It's like the wildest dreams, like of what God's done, for sure. How long have you been in your halfway? Uh, the nineteenth would be six months. So it's a fairly quick, uh, quick time there. Yeah. What What did What did your life look like before entering the halfway house? Um, before the halfway, um, I I literally went from treatment right into the halfway. Um, I needed that time of healing where I could have support with fellowship in the community of the house and even though it wasn't necessarily spiritual that much it was the recovery community where everyone got me so for me it was just right out of treatment i mean i was fresh out of my last treatment that i would have in like residential um so they just threw me in the house and yeah i mean i didn't really know i'd have a future being there i thought it was a mistake but yeah but here i am now and like it, it was really a short period of time and i when i first went in i was like i'm gonna be here forever but now i'm like thankful that i hung in and like i'm slowly transitioning out very cool so you how long were you in treatment before the halfway house and when you decided to go into the treatment was that your decision was it the decision of others um, so my story gets really complicated. I, I've been in treatment on and off for seven years. I've had like five or six relapses with my eating disorder. Um, and then I picked up a drink and then I went back into treatment because if I didn't do that, I know I would have started using or being, becoming an alcoholic. So I, this last time I um, basically crawled into the treatment center and asked to be put in the, the residential for three weeks just to, you know, not use behaviors. So I asked this time, um, I hit a point where, for me, a spiritual awakening happened. You know, I do the steps of like AA for eating disorders and it's a universal thing. And like, before I had the spiritual awakening from the steps with my sponsor, like I had a night where like I was drinking, I was self-harming, I was doing all these things that I don't do normally as my, you know, in Christ, you know, who I am in Christ. And like, I fell to like my knees and like God was like, you need help and like I went into the treatment center I begged them they're like you don't need residential I'm like no like I was gonna kill myself you know so and like suicidal awareness is real you know and like for me I did take it seriously and I chose to go this time and that made a difference because I was ready to give it up 100% and that's and like if anyone doesn't know about recovery no one's gonna be recovered until they find a program that works for them and they want to be done with it because if someone has an issue that they don't want to be done with then they can't get better that's so true so you're just completely willing and like surrendering to to your life really right yeah you're just tired of sick and 100%. tired of being sick and tired 100 percent. wow that's really strong very cool so you're, you're in January, you're going to SEU to become a pastor? Yeah, pastoral care and counseling. My hope is to um, make more aware of the recovery community and their celebrate recovery here. I personally didn't connect with that just because, um, you know, I'm more eating disordered, but like, you know, I just really want to, I really, you know, pastoral care and counseling, Pastor Ruth here, she goes to like suicides and stuff like that. And that's something I can relate to because I've lost a lot of people from that. And like, I'm once God's called me to, do that deep stuff and even though I'm a really positive person like 
it is going to be difficult, but I feel confident in what God's doing in my life. And obviously it changed because God, you know, he's God, you know, but like, I feel I've always wanted to help people in recovery. So I really feel like with this, like I can help like the stigma go away. And I know here it's very welcoming, but still the signal is really high, especially with eating disorders. People don't know that it's like in alcohol, but with food, you know, it's even more complicated. I just really want to make more awareness because so many people, like when I told my story, come out and tell me, oh, I struggle with that, but I know where to go. And I'm like, okay, well, I want people to feel safe to be able to, you know, speak up, especially at the church. When they showed the videos of the addiction stuff, I was like having a heart attack in my seat because like, that's important. Like, you know, I, I contacted the media team here and I'm like, I feel called to share my story, you mm -hmm. know, because I want that to be known because it's things people don't like to talk about like hell and stuff like that alcohol drug you know pornography stuff like that people it's a it's a thing like it's a problem especially like with men it's a problem you know so like yeah so that's it <laughs> yeah that's, i mean that's really good and you know definitely something that comes to mind is you know our darkest times leads to like our blessings and we turn around and impact others with that and you heal others after you've been healed it's good, and I see you doing that. Yeah. And it's really good to see. What would be something that you would share, like some advice you would share for somebody that is struggling with an eating disorder or an addiction? Um, I think the most important thing is to, you know, for me, you know, I found, like, a program that works for me. Um, finding people that you trust that you can share. But ultimately, like, if it's, if it's like, especially with eating disorders, if you are medically compromised, like, I, you know... There's like VMR Health, which is around here, like looking up a treatment center. Like if it's medical, you should go into treatment. But like just finding people for me that you trust and that um, you can understand. Um, I mean, for my personal experience, like I found a treatment center that worked for me. Some people don't need to go through treatment, but I just say like speak out about it. Like I'm um, find somebody like if you're not spiritual like just find people that you trust you can be like hey i'm struggling with this or if you and if you are like go to the church find someone you trust go to a pastor go up front and ask to be prayed for like look at the ministries like for me like support groups do help me like eda eating disorders anonymous it's like a step work and the whole purpose of it is you basically say all the things you've done in your disorder which is some things i'm not proud of but like i'm accepted it and like Basically, I work with a sponsor who basically is, she's a Christian, and, like, it's basically a program all about God and surrendering, you know, what you've done. Because, especially with eating disorders, there's lots of guilt underneath because we do things because, you know, it's the addiction speaking, you know. So, I recommend just talking about it because I suffered in silence for a long time in Pennsylvania. I suffered for a long time. Like no one knew my dad was a big businessman and like that hurt me and it took me years to get out of that pain. So I recommend like speaking up about it. Um, yeah. So speaking up, getting it out of your system, right? Yeah. Just being open and, and the healing will come after that. Yeah, because I guarantee so many people struggle with it and especially like with men too. Like I'm like all about that. And anybody, it doesn't matter what shape or size you are, like there's different types of disorders and like people don't they're not just aware and like NIDA is like National Eating Disorder Association go on NIDA website you know like on my blog I have the NIDA thing you know just go to that's a that's an eating disorder organization read up about it get informed there's plenty of like things like that to get information but for sure yeah um it's not you know it's not by it's not separated from anybody anyone can struggle you know mm -hmm. I love the fact you're recovered, right? It's got to be empowering to say that. Do you still have 
times when you're pulled in that direction and what are some things that you do to say hold up no I'm recovered I'm healed you know uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because I'm always going to identify that I'm eating disorder because it does, it's, it's something I'm going to have to live with. And it, and it is hard and it's easy to get into that pity party space sometimes where like, but now like my brain isn't like, you know, I'm dealing with them, especially emotionally, like I used to like use behaviors, especially with like self-harm and stuff. And now I'm capable of like praying about it and seeking my sponsor and support and like the church, my church family. But for sure, like there's some days like when I get anxious and then like especially with body image that's like the last thing like you know pictures are hard for me and like like you know we just you know our small group took a picture tonight and it was difficult looking at it you know but I remind myself like of my happiness and like who I am in Christ and for me and if you can't associate with who you are in Christ just you you know I just want to tell you that you're really worthy and you deserve recovery and like just because I'm recovered doesn't mean it's not a process recovered means I've gotten through the desire to act out and harm myself is completely gone, but that doesn't mean I think about it, but I'm able to now like laugh about it and be like, I'm not gonna, like, why would I cut myself? Why would I binge and purge? Why would I do that? You know, cause my life is so good, you know? So like, it's just, or talking with somebody, sitting with somebody and being like, hey, like, doesn't mean they won't come up, but I'm not ashamed to say, yeah, sometimes it happens. But like now I'm at the point where it's not happening. It's happening less and less. So it's different for everyone, but it's something I have to watch the rest of my life, especially like when I have kids, I have to be aware, you know, my spouse is gonna have to be aware. It's just something I have to live with. And unfortunately it's with food. You can't be abstinent from food, like alcohol. But I've accepted that like, yeah, it can be, I can get anxious and not wanna eat, but I know that's what I need to do, you know? Mm -hmm. But definitely it is a struggle sometimes, but I'm able to like be like, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Like before I would get sucked right in. Now I'm able to be like, nah, you know, so good. Yeah. not doing that. Like, you know, yeah. cause it, it's just, it's incredible. And, it, and it's been like six months since I used any behaviors and like, I just the desire to do that. Cause I just remind myself how good my life is and how like, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not harming myself. I'm loving myself. I'm fully confident in myself most of the time. <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. I love that. It's empowering. So what are some, some habits, I would say, that you've built into your daily life that, that help you, you know, stay, stay positive and move in a, a good, like, self-loving direction? Um, well, like, in, the, in my literature for, like, EDA, it says, like, basic needs first. So, like, sleep, food, you know what I mean? Like, it's basic things first. Like, I have a routine where, like, get enough sleep. You know, it's basic things first. You know, shower, those kind of things. Because, like, when you're depressed, I was depressed. I wouldn't shower, you know? So for me, it's ultimately for me, the most important thing is like basic needs met. Um, and then like getting into the word, the Bible for me, that's a daily thing where I need to start my day with that, whether it's a prayer or the Bible, like for me, that's what helps me flourish the most in my day. And like going to meetings, talking to my sponsor, texting people from treatment, like checking in with them. Then they check in with me. Like for me, I, you know, I'm living in a halfway right now. I check in, I'm really close with the girl in my halfway, which is crazy because we laugh that we would have never even spoken in the real world. We're so different. <laughs> She's not that spiritual. I'm totally opposite spectrum. Like I'm on the floor on the carpet and she's like, why'd you do that? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So like, it's just, you know, it, it's crazy. But like, so for me, I just, you know, I, I make sure my life is balanced. Like, you know, I focus on my recovery. That's always number one. 
and you know with God you know God's at the center and then recovery and then everything else flows underneath and if I put my recovery on the bottom then I wouldn't stay recovered you know and it, and it is difficult some days to balance everything especially with school coming up but for me I really getting in the words the most important thing to me but I'm like all about the gym and self-care I'm all for like my facial regimen, like I'm really, that's like what nourishes me the most. Taking care of myself, because for so many years I didn't. Now I'm capable of like brushing my hair, doing my makeup, loving myself, you know? So I think it's just, you know, my mom would tell me like, if like, even on your worst days, like getting out of bed for me every day is a huge accomplishment. So even if my day, I'm like, I'm not productive. I'm like, well, I got up and I got out of bed, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, that's like a huge thing for me too. It's like, getting up at a certain time don't sleep throughout the day like so it's just basic things i'm all about the basic it's so easy to like beat ourselves up you know over the things that we're not doing or we're not productive enough we're not doing what we need to do i feel like people think i have some magic formula for staying recovered and i'm like just a normal human like i get up you know i tell people like i shower you know i mean like and people are like what do you mean you know Mm -hmm. like when you're depressed you can't do any of that so like for me i'm all about like what nourishes my soul, you know, what mm-hmm. fills you up, you know, because if I'm empty, I can't have anything to give to somebody else, that's you know? Good. So that's what I'm all about with, I love self-care. I could read about it for hours. It's just good. <laughs> well, it's it's been a an integral part in your recovery. Oh, yeah. And along with that, like you are so selfless. Do you, do you resonate with that? Yeah. Seeing how you interact with people at, at youth group. Was there a time when you were when you were still in recovery that you noticed you you had to be you have to be a little bit selfish right when you're in recovery but now I think you you've you've entered a new season and you're completely like away from yourself and you're looking at other people and you're working Mm -hmm. on other people um I was laughing because um I so for me part of my being recovered is I had a huge ego (laughs) (laughs) which um like I didn't think I did anything wrong to anybody in my disorder and that held me back for years and then when I finally did my steps like step four is like like an inventory of like who you wronged what your part was and when I saw my part even with my abusive ex when I was 18 like I allowed him to do things to me you know like and like because it was my choice you know like I chose to be in the relationship you know and like I had to admit to things I've done which get dark at times and um yeah, and for sure, like, the ego would get in the way, especially in my relationship with God. Now I'm able to be selfless because, like, and at times, I'm, I wouldn't say selfish, but, like, I do a nightly inventory, and there's some things that I need to set boundaries. I, ca- I don't call it selfishness. I call it boundaries. Like, there's certain things in my recovery that I have to, that's why I tell myself so I don't feel bad. Because sometimes, like, I, I used to do so much, and I do do a lot now with the church, and recovery meeting service and it and with school starting it's going to be overwhelming so there's sometimes when and i feel too overwhelmed i would be like okay like what's the most important and sometimes i have to back off and like i have to set boundaries with people like if it's a relationship where they're just taking 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 i'm like look i gotta step back and i need my space you know so there's times where i have to set boundaries with people to keep my recovery like if there's someone contacting me and they're in relapse even though I'm recovered, I can handle it to an extent, but if they're sharing things with me all the time, I can't take it. Mm-hmm. So, but now I'm able to be selfless because like I recognize exa- like immediately when I'm wrong and like when I'm getting egotistical, I'm like, 
like I like the other day I was living in myself and the day went horrible and I told my sponsor this day sucked sorry this stunk you know and like because I was living in self I was being selfish I was thinking about myself like my body like and it happens and just because I'm recovered doesn't mean it doesn't happen because recovery is messy but it's beautiful you know but yeah for sure now I'm able to be selfless because I take care of myself first and then I'm able to give but but I really appreciate that compliment because, you know, it, I'm working on giving affirmations to myself still. But for sure, it's a God thing. It's totally for him, not me, obviously. Like, I'm just his vessel. And that's why I pray for every day. Like, use me. Like, that's my purpose, you know. Mm. But for sure, like, I want to be less and less. You know, that's my ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Like, I was reading in the, the Word the other day where someone's goal was just to be more like Christ and live for Christ. And I was, that's it. And I was like, wow, like, I'm not meant to, you know, yeah, I'm going to be a pastor, but that's not what it's about. I'm, you know, I want to be a mom. That's not what it's about. It's like honoring Christ and whatever else you get with that is what you get, you know? Like, so yeah, I mean, for sure. Like I had to like, you know, cause we're human. Like I get egotistical, but I'm able to recognize it and step back and be like, okay, do I really want to do this for somebody? Like I was at a meeting. Did I really want to read the paper? No, but I did it because I working on for so many years I was so selfish and now I just want to give but you can't give too much you have to Mm -hmm. set that boundary so like I I call them like my non-negotiable boundaries were like you know so I have my own little in my head my boundaries no that's really good and that's such an important part of life is learning the balance between self-care and then giving to others there's always this thing of like detach from your past right Uh, forgive your past so you can move on to your future Mm. but I'm thinking that there's so much like our past fuels us for our Mm -hmm. future right kind of gives us our purpose and for me I know a big part of my purpose is to to help others with what I have dealt with in my past like in my past and I see that with you so I've been thinking lately is, is there a thing where are we detaching from our past to create our future? Or are we, you know, detaching our, from our past but still, you know, understanding it and, and utilizing that and what we've been through for service for our future, mm-hmm. you know? Ooh, it's good. Um, you know, what came to my mind was people ask me sometimes, they're like, if you could change, would you not have an eating disorder? And I say no. Mm. Um, I have embraced it. I've accepted it. Some days I wake up and I'm like, I have to do this for the rest of my life. This stinks, but I'm still thankful. And I would say that I 100% am not ashamed of what I've done in the past. Um, I'm not, you know, I used to think it was a waste of time being in treatment, but the past year, you know, the past couple of months, I've really looked at it as it wasn't a waste of time. All the skills I've learned have finally showed up now because I'm actually, you know, recovered. Um, so I would say that I do use my past to help other people. Um, so I'm not totally detached from it, but I'm detached emotionally in a sense that it brings me down or makes me go into the depression. I wasn't. I was so attached to it back then that I would live in the past. Mm-hmm. Now I'm able to 100% say that I have no shame. I tell people. I tell people deep stuff like I struggled with this. You know, I was in a relationship where he did this to me, like I'm able to speak about it and not be ashamed. Like I am an open person and I'm not typically that way. It's like a God thing. Like when someone says, I dealt with that, I'm like, me too. They're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, you know? So like for me, I I really look at the past as like what built me up for now because I used to look at it like, 
wow, like seven years, I wasted so much time. I could have been where I wanted to be, you know, and you know, but like you said, I use it to, that's the fire that I have. You know, I went through all that, but I've learned so much about myself. I'm so thankful for relapsing. <laughs> it sounds so strange, but like being in treatment that long is like seven years of se like getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm so thankful because most people in society like need to get to know themselves because they want to people please or be like other people or look this way or dress this way or be this be better you know than they than they need to be necessarily like you know too much you know so i'm really thankful that i got that time of ultimate self-care where i was able to be blessed with my parents financially to send me to great places where i was able to work through my trauma and like embrace it and be like yeah i'm able to talk about it now and not feel bad about it but for me definitely um i kind of that is a t t tough question because like I don't I don't know if I'm I relate to it a lot like I look back and it helps me see how far I've come but in a sense I feel like now it's kind of like my friend in a sense not as much attached to me like it always be a part of me but um I just look at it as like a past experience is more than like an attachment now if that makes sense so I used to it used to be a part of my identity like all my failures but now I'm able to look at it like it's it's part but in a sense it is part of me it is difficult you know because I used to let it define me, but now it's just a part of me. It's a part of my story, and, like, people relate to it, you know? And I think the past is what shapes you for the future, like you said. And, like, it's my, you know, I, every day on the radio, God's played that rescue story, you know? Mm -hmm. Every day, almost every day, and, like, that's it. Like, that's my rescue story. Like, I, he put me there to be a light to people, you know, and I know that now because he's told me, like, this, because he's rushed me to where I am now. Like, not even rushed, but ran with me, you mm -hmm. know. He's like, you're done with that, now you're doing this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, send me wherever, you know. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to be able to acknowledge it, but not be so attached to it that, like, it, you know, brings you pain and brings yeah. you down. No matter what it is. No yeah, matter it's an eating sure. disorder, alcoholism, Anything. depression, anxiety. We just hold this shame and this okay. guilt and this attachment mm -hmm. to that, you know, and I think when we're able to detach and, and not be so ashamed of it and mm -hmm. hold this amount of guilt to those things. Yeah. And I, I mean, for me, I didn't think it would ever be possible, but by the grace of God, it is like I was bullied throughout school every year up until high school. Like I had eye patches, I had tics, I had all types of learning issues. Like I had so much issues against me but like now i'm able to be like you know like the kids who are suffering with that you know like you know it's all made me like yeah it wasn't great at the time but like you said it's i have so much in my story that i can relate to pretty much anybody you know mm -hmm. which is crazy because i'm only one person but it's like mm -hmm. a god thing you know especially with mental health like i can check all the boxes mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and it's really cool because i'm proud of my story you know which is crazy because in the past i was like ah this is my life so it, it's really cool to be able to like share about it today not and be proud of it and like with god you know yeah, it is really cool. And as I was on my way over here, I was, you know, I was thinking and it's like, it's kind of like a superpower in a way, in a yeah. weird way, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. One of the worst thing and that my life sucks because of this, 
or you're you're able to see the blessings in it and mm-hmm. use it use it for good and mm-hmm. kind of as your superpower that you're able yeah. your level of empathy grows tremendously mm-hmm. right and you're able to relate to people mm-hmm. so much more than you ever would have mm-hmm. bringing it back to today and the future tomorrow right mm-hmm. what does your day-to-day look like right now and what what is the next season of your life look like you know, my day-to-day life is just, you know, serving at the church on weekends. Um, I mean, my week is definitely, like, a lot of spare time. So I'm really getting into the Word right now. Um, you know, it's basically just, like, nutrition appointments, therapists. Um, you know, I'm starting to spend the night at my apartment. Just typical stuff, you know, like life. Like, you know, going you know, you know, going out with friends. Like, it's fun. Like, it's a normal life, you mm-hmm. know. And the next season is definitely going to be school and living on my own with my cat living with my cat emphasis um <laughs> i'm really he's my baby um which is, i haven't lived with him in th- for three years so i'm really thankful for that but yeah school's gonna be a whole new chapter open for me um you know i'm gonna be serving i'm gonna be volunteering getting experience like seeing what god you know and i, and I don't know what god's gonna do I, like he this is what he wants me to do i don't know what's gonna happen but school is a whole nother season for me and um seems of getting to know people seasons to grow in relationships you know especially building with young adults getting more involved in young adults more leadership maybe doing a small group i don't know but um it's, it's what god decides but definitely next season is going to be school which is uh, incredibly thankful for to be able to afford to come um pastoral care and counseling i'm, I'm really passionate about it like you know i have a new testament interpretation class i'm so psyched for it like um just being here couple days of the week will be really sweet um so yeah that's my you know and transitioning out of the halfway is going to be a huge change season um but i'm really thankful for it and then from there like i don't know like i already know god's gonna send me somewhere because Mm -hmm. because i know this is just the you know i just had to prepare for the battle you know like i got my armor on now and i'm like he's like i'm like ready you know i'm like let's go i love it i love it yeah very good i want to open up a question to you and and you can say yes or no but if there's someone that is listening to this that is going through like an eating disorder or someone that is having trouble and would like somebody to talk to that is not their family or somebody would you be that person that they can reach out to and talk to yeah absolutely like no doubt i'm very excited (laughs) yeah for sure i love i i'm very open to that like i i'm at the point where I'm capable of doing that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's what I'm called to do. So, yeah. Well, there you have it. Our very own Ellie Lindes. If you resonate with this conversation, let me know. I love hearing your thoughts. I can't wait to see what God has in store for Ellie. Next week, I'm bringing on a man of God that breathes wisdom. Samuel Chase is studying to be a preacher. We talk about overcoming fear and building confidence. Such a value-packed episode on such an important topic. Well, that's it for now. Thanks for listening to Convos with God. Remember to stay calm, listen to God's word, and the rest will fall into place. See you next week.